Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On today's podcast, Misha and I will break down the action from UFC 273, and we are joined by UFC featherweight champion himself, Alex Volkanovsky, after another very impressive title defense on Saturday night's main event. Let's get into it. You want to talk a little UFC? Should we get into Let's it? Let's get into it. What a good card, hey? Yeah, I know that you were traveling. You were, as you said, in Secaucus, New Jersey, and had to make your yeah. way back to uh, Las Vegas. So, of course, you got And I did the same. I actually watched it um, Sunday morning uh, because I'm 60 years old and go to bed early, as I just previously stated. Um, but what a card, though. I love being able to get up, have my coffee, have my breakfast, and watch some people beat the shit out of each other. It's great. It was too good. Honestly, this card way over delivered. I think that it kind of flew under some people's radar. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. have like the biggest name champions on there. But I loved it from start to finish. I thought it was a fantastic card. I thought it was worth the money. Um, you know, Those 75 from- bucks, man. You oh got to shell it out. It was worth it. It was definitely a card that you would not regret paying mm-hmm. that money for you know what I mean like some of them under deliver this one did not it was a great card was what would be um you know a few of the highlights for you what really stood out I mean there's you know some of the obvious ones of course but and we can get into that but yeah what well, stood out for you well okay I, I like the fact that we saw the old Dern back in there I think she learned a lot from her last fight and I'm kind of drawing some inspiration there too because I feel like I learned a lot from my last fight too right that everybody once you you know they tell they say that they want you to be a certain way you know like cleaner striking you hear the criticism right you know clean up your striking this and that you know work on the boxing this that work on my striking I improve in that department but you know it came at an expense you know I, I wasn't enough to win yeah I've made those improvements but who is the Misha Tate that everybody fell in love with? You know, it was the, right. you know, the, the fighting the way that I fought Ronda, the way that I fought Kat Zingano, the way that I, you know, the old school Misha that just goes out there and really fights. And I saw that in Mackenzie, you know, she lost her last fight. She kind of tried to clean things up a little bit. And I love that she went out there and just made it a mess. It was chaotic. She was all over the place, you know, but that's the kind of fight that I enjoy watching from Mackenzie Dern. And I thought that she really emulated such a beautiful part of how she fights and she really got out there and did it her be- her ground transitions were great but even let's talk about Tisha even for a second I was really impressed with how she was able to handle herself with such a high level grappler especially when they got mm-hmm. into that kind of Kimura scramble you know oh I think my that, goodness that was wild right talk about a little Innovative. spider monkey yeah so I think Mackenzie Dern was maybe trying to go for like a little flying triangle and at first and then kind of the transition was hey if you if you don't if you don't get that you know one arm in one arm out and you don't land that perfect then you just transition right into this Kimura and you know Tisha was able to stay right every step of the way it was very impressive on her part to um, manage those kinds of transitions because it's very high level you know Mackenzie Dern is no slouch when she gets a hold of you and gets you in those positions it's scary and for her to be able to keep her calm like that and work through them and and not get caught and she had a really well executed game plan on the feet too the way she kind of ducked out on a lot of those big Mm -hmm. swings that I think she was anticipating from Mackenzie Dern it was a fantastic fight Um, you said something really interesting there of you know as you're analyzing yourself as a fighter now versus when you first started who was a Misha Tate people initially fell in love with and trying to like 
keep that thread throughout these other fights. It's I just it's funny because I feel like I've been very reflective of myself in my career of like, how do I get back to like that Renee that was like, yeah, had this different kind of like attitude and you change as you get older and your styles change. And I mean, obviously, it's the same for yourself as a fighter. But how reflective do you get like that in terms of? Yeah, I guess just looking back at your fights and trying to bring that to your game today. That's a great question. I'm always self-reflecting. And my last loss was, you know, one that I was able to accept because of my home situation. You know, nothing really changes. However, I did work really hard and I wanted that win. And I still feel like I didn't lose because I couldn't win. I just didn't do what I needed to do. And Mm -hmm. seeing Mackenzie kind of go through the same thing in her last fight and then turn it around in this fight is very inspirational to me. And I just see that it can be done. And sometimes staying connected with our roots and and forgetting about what everybody else has to say, you know, there's always going to be a critic, but they're not the one in there you know, they're not there when that door closes. Exactly. Yeah. So I just need to remember that, Hey, I've have come a long way in the striking department. I don't think I need to prove anything about that anymore. And I'm kind of over that hurdle and now I'm just going to let it be. And I think that as I get more in touch with my roots, that my striking will start to shine without me focusing on trying to force it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think that Mackenzie did, you know, and and I, I like her striking. I don't know why, you know, there's only this, this preconceived notion that striking has to look a certain way because of boxing. Boxing's the original way it's done, but it doesn't have to be done like that in MMA. It can be chaotic and crazy and sloppy and all over the place, unpredictable and effective. And that's what we're looking for. Is it effective or is it not? Does it help you win fights or doesn't it? You know, and sometimes when, especially the women who aren't necessarily quite as explosive or powerful, sometimes um, when you try to get too technical, sometimes they turn into what I call like pink bunny rabbit punches. You know, it's just like, okay, (laughs) okay, perfect, tight, this, that, right back in place. And sometimes you just got to throw your ass into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to yeah, throw yeah. your ass into that punch Let's if you put want a it to matter. Into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I, what I Mackenzie that. does, you know? So she's putting her ass into it, and I love it. And that's great. Okay, so from one split decision onto the other uh, between Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, what did you think of that fight? That was another great fight. Um, I think a lot of people were wondering if Aljo had it in him. You know, he does train periodically here out at Extreme Couture, and he's certainly one of the most talented individuals that I have witnessed and had the ability to learn from. Um, so I knew he had a path to victory in here, but but it was, you know, it was going to be challenging. And it was. It was a very close fight. Um, I think I agree, first of all. I agree with the decision. I know a lot of people are torn here, and they feel like he didn't win. I think it was scored Dana right. Dana White included, three... correct? Didn't Dana White think that, uh, yep. that Jan should have got that? He did. He did. But when I look at this fight, there's a couple of things that I factor in. And and, and namely, it begs to ask the question, should con- top control time be factored in any differently if you were the one to execute a takedown and get control? Or if you kind of happen to stumble into the position, you know, like maybe the other person was going for the takedown and then they kind of gave up their back in it, or you kind of spun around like, or you just landed in that. And that's kind of what seemed to happen behind it. Yes. And I certainly don't want to take anything away from Piotr Jan, like at all. He is amazing. I wouldn't be sad if there was a rematch, but, um, 
his his top contend was a little bit more of like a happenstance kind of thing than as opposed to the way that Aljamain, you know, was intently going for the takedowns and getting them. And then I also factor in who was closer to finishing the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was closer absolutely. at any time to finishing the fight. And it certainly, in my opinion, was Aljamain Sterling. Um, and, you know, do the judges in a very close fight, do they factor in those things of how you get top position? Whether it was like just kind of off of a hap, you know, a scramble happen, or if you intently meant to put it there and you wanted to be there and yeah. you didn't just, you know, do they was factor it that in? a skiller situation? Yeah. Possibly in close fights like this. And then lastly, you know, the good old saying in order to beat the champ, be the champ, you got to beat the champ. So mm-hmm. I always think in my mind that if it's a close fight, it's probably not enough to take the strap off the champ. If it's that close. And it really was. It really was very, very close. I understand why some people could see how Purion won. But in my mind, factoring all of those things in, I'm confident in in that uh, Aljamain Sterling won. And that's how I feel about it. Uh, and for Burns Chimeyev, that was a hell of a fight, too. Holy, how much fun was that to watch? That was insane. I, <laughs> I, I love that fight because I've been pretty high on Chimeyev. I think a lot of people have. And this was that fight that was going to answer a ton of questions. I looked at Chimeyev and said, look, yes, he, he hasn't fought the top tier guys, but how dominant he's been over everybody else tells me that he's ready. So it's kind of just waiting for the rest of the world to figure that out. Um, but he was in a war. I mean, Gilbert brought everything to that fight and we really saw a different aspect to Chimaev's game that we've never had to, you know, see him go through that kind of adversity. You know, what does he have? What does his heart hold? You know, Mm -hmm. um, how much can he stomach? What kind of punishment can he take and still keep going? This fight solidified everything that I was, you know, believing about Chimaev to begin with. And it was a major step up. And, man, he looked great. And so did Gilbert. So they both pushed each other to the absolute brink. And it was a fantastic fight. I think the the fans certainly won out on that one. Um, But here we are, you know, with Chimaev as a winner, um, not to get too far down a rabbit hole, but it kind of begs me to wonder like what's going to happen with poor Leon, because now I feel like, I feel like Leon is not gonna, I think they're going to make Leon and Tamaya fight if Usman is not, you know, ready. Cause he's not healthy. He's not able to fight in yeah. time. And it's like, poor Leon has been knocking at this door for so long. And then he gets promised this opportunity, but the champions hurt. I mean, I could, I could even see a world where, yeah. The, yeah depending how long it takes where possibly they do an interim thing. Cause you know how the interim belts are. So sure. they just like to toss them out. They just love the more oh, yeah. belts, the merrier Put kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So if it's not a number one contender, possibly it's a, it's an interim um, or maybe Leon just absolutely refuses and stays. But then I think he runs the risk of being leapfrogged by Jemayev. Cause mm. every, a, a lot of people are really excited about Jemayev. Kind of damned if you do damned, if you don't in that situation. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. My heart goes out to Leon. I hope that he gets his proper shot and that Chimaev can can hang in the wings for just a little bit because I, I think that's the right thing to do, but that's not always well, what happens. I know that we've got to take a, a commercial break in just a second, but I would like to hear um, what you have to say about Aspen Ladd saying uh, she referred to her corner as a comedy show. After a oh, fight with Pennington uh, did. With, with Pen- Hill. Oh, Pennington did. Pennington. Oh, I thought it was Aspen Ladd that did. Damn no, it. I, that would have been a lot damn, more damn, funny. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> 
but that's I not mean, as fun then <laughs> i was so confused in that fight to be honest i mean i guess it is a comedy thing because i don't understand why you would go against a a boxer like raquel well, raquel's well-rounded but she's you know primarily where she signs is, is her boxing and her counter-striking why you would turn southpaw for the first time in your career and fight the entire fight and not really try to get takedowns uh, and think that you're going to win against somebody who it like, that's like how she wins. I don't know. Like it was a really strange idea and concept and game plan for me, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't, yeah, I don't really get it. You know, I'm not a big fan of her corner. So I mean, sure. I think yeah. Raquel, well, I know that's why little, I was really excited to have a little, little chit chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> of her corner whatsoever. I think it was a dumb game plan and I think, um, they're probably holding her back a little bit. Yeah. From what I think what she's capable of doing. I certainly think there should have been more wrestling and takedowns implemented, but you know, is it just me too or did it, but it just looks like the weight cut is unhealthy on her. I know she made the weight. Agreed. Congratulations. Yeah. But I'm not sure that it's lending itself to her, her best favorable version. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a little torn. I'm a little torn on that. I don't love the corner. Torn about her at 135. So we're not loving it is what we're saying. We are not, not loving this situation. Definitely not. Let's talk a little Volkanovsky. Alexander the Great. This man is truly in a league of his own. What did you think about how he looked against a Korean zombie on Saturday night? Oh, my God. So sharp. He looked so good. Um, poor Korean zombie. I, I, I love know. that guy. I Me really too. do. Did I tell you I made a cake for him at his bir- his birthday once? I made it of sh- his shirt. What? Did I tell you that? You did? I did. Yeah. Way back in the day, we both used to train at Alpha Ma- Team Alpha Male. Like, he would come out and train. And I found out it, w- it was his birthday. And, you know, he, he didn't even really speak <laughs> very good English. And I was like, yeah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to make I'm going to make him a, uh, his shirt, like his Korean zombie shirt, which so is the best merch t-shirt. in all of uh, professional fighting. It's so good. And uh, yeah, so I made him a cake way back in the day. And so I've always kind of had what was his reaction when you brought that out to him? Oh, he loved it. He thought it was great. Uh. <laughs> he thought it, I mean he well at least that's what I got from his expressions he was kind of at that time I'm not sure if his English is much better now but it was like playing charades a little bit um, yeah yeah but I was really into baking and I had the time then I didn't have children so oh my I could god do it. you know uh, honestly <laughs> I feel like I'm just starting to get back into cooking now I like fired up my smoker yesterday I'm like okay time to like get back to this so yeah get back to baking at some point when you're not cutting weight I guess is probably the best I know the that. diet is full on <sighs> lockdown that was probably the saddest part about visiting New York for me was that I couldn't no hot dogs eat. and pizza for you you know where I ate <laughs> whole foods that's where I no! ate whole foods <laughs> oh, in New York bought shame, myself some blueberries shame. a little hummus <laughs> you know a little salmon wow that was it Okay, yeah. good for you. It's you okay, got to stay. Stay the course. You do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, what does Volkanovsky have to do? What do you think is next for him? What do you think is the move for him in his career? Well, I think the obvious answer has got to be the Max Holloway trilogy. I mean, yeah. those fights were so good in themselves. And so many people feel like Max Holloway won the second fight anyways. And... I think that's the obvious answer, right? I think they should run it back yeah. a third time. There's not really anybody who is a, a close second to Max Holloway, in my opinion, at this point in the um, the juncture. So, yeah, there's that, obviously. What do you think about him saying, uh, you know, lightweight is an option for him? How do you feel about that? 
I don't know if that's a really great move because he looks so good at 145. I just don't solid. think that's necessary. So solid. You know? And he doesn't have a reach you know, or height advantage at 145, but he's made it work for him because that's still like in the realm of like reasonable, like, you know, physical maybe disadvantages, if you will. But when you, you know, you're moving up, um, the guys are just going to get longer and bigger and harder to get in and get a hold of. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, the, the guy's an animal, but I still think he has enough work to do at 145, like hang tight there. Um, yeah. And yeah, keep, keep doing your thing. Cause he's looking awesome. And it's like the more that he keeps going through the top contenders, you know, the, the easier the money is going to come if that's even yeah. the right word to use. Cause there's no such thing as an easy fight in the UFC, but I mean, he's getting through the, t- the, the top competition. So yeah. make that money, like pull it, you know, pull a DJ, pull a, you know, a John Jones, like just sure. let it rain for a bit. Stay the yeah. reigning champ. Make that money. Let's make it rain. Let's make it clap. Let's do all of the things. Um, exactly. Volk uh, had this message for the featherweight division uh, following his fight. Give us your thoughts on who you would like to face next. Oh, my whoever. Look, obviously, there was a fight that was meant to be scheduled uh, for this one. We'll see what the UFC say. Obviously, um, we've got a division. Hey, everyone in my division, I've been saying it for a while now. Get your shit together, earn that number one spot, and you get it. If not, you're going to fucking miss out. It's that simple. I love a New Zealand accent before I move on. Praise be. <laughs> oh, which I would get to hear it in, like, real time. Coming up very soon. He's going to be on the show. Oh, my gosh. I just, like, blew my spot that I love his voice. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> what do you think about Henry Cejudo stepping into this situation? Well, um, you know, that's kind of the wild card if – you were to think about somebody at 145 who's not really in not you just inserted the conversation mm-hmm. um that's an option for him oh sure. he's aussie not new zealand you know what they sound the same to me my bad my bad yeah i'm just dropping i'm, I'm it's, fucking everything it's, up today. it's similar it's one of those accents <laughs> it's like you've just gotta kind of it's hard hang to play enough to yes. really yeah. distinguish because as an ignorant american they can sound very similar um <laughs> anyways okay so 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 okay so i don't i i like henry cejudo if i if if i'm a volkanovsky fan if i want to see him have something interesting i don't hate it but if i'm if i'm a henry cejudo fan i think still 135 it's just that division needs a little bit more mixing up, in my opinion. Max Holloway's sitting pretty. That fight is the fight he was, you know, Volkanovski was talking about. That was so already mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Um, you know, Max is a huge star. Volkanovski's definitely becoming a bigger star every single time that he goes out there and defends his belt. So there's already a fight that really makes a lot of sense. Um, not that there's nothing at 135, but I mean that's where he left his crown. That's that's his belt. You know, sure. he left it on the table. So that's more nice interesting to me. have all those belts though, right? Right. It, And that's the other thing, right? Okay. So if you want to make the argument, he would be the first champion in UFC history to have a belt in three weight classes. Yeah. You could yeah. make the argument, you know, that he's kind of, you know, he's probably bigger right now than he he normally would be and so maybe it might be easier to just come back at 45 right 145 sure but does it does it you know beg the same kind of um dedication maybe that one 135 sure. would. and he could always come back at 135 and then and then go up 
Um, do you think it would be, I feel like this would be the most cringy title fight between Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo that we have <laughs> ever had though. I mean, come on, they're trash talk. I mean, they're, they're all about it. They trash talk all the time, but yeah. it's, it's so cringy. I mean, you got to, it's not, like, you it's not love quite it what it, we but, need or want. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think a lot of people would be here for it. I'm not going to say that it wouldn't, you know, that it would I be a bad idea. Things. It's just, I love yeah. to lean into it. I love to lean into all of it. Hey, everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes. And with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, the NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday, all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. How are you feeling today? Uh, a, a couple days removed from your fight on Saturday. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. A couple of uh, bumps and bruises, mainly on the, the hands and feet, but uh, it's all good. Recovered from uh, a couple of drinks after the fight. But <laughs> what was your drink of choice? What'd you have? Uh, I'm a bourbon and coke type guy, so uh, I don't mind my bourbon and coke. Ah, oh, delicious, delicious. Um, okay, we're going to get into the fight, but what did you think about um, the stoppage and the way that Herb Dean jumped in there with you guys in the fourth round? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm happy uh, you know, he did. To be honest, I, was, uh, I think uh, Zombie was already beat, even in, in that third, like uh, in between rounds, that, that uh, third and fourth, uh, just before the fourth round. Uh, just the way uh, Zombie was, you know, he looks uh, looked already defeated and you know I started feeling bad to be quite honest I even said to him I go are you sure you want to keep going and um I'm not sure if he understood he's like just not his head I'm like are you sure and um then obviously I just went for it anyway but I'm glad he stopped it because you know I didn't think he needed any any more damage than that you know we always want to you know the fighters to go home safely to their family Healthy. absolutely yeah no absolutely I know that's what I was going to ask you too is like yeah him coming out of that third round how shocked were you that he did show up for that fourth round I mean he was just battered. Mate, there was a lot of uh, shots that he, that he took. He took really well. I knew he was tough. Obviously, he's known for, for that chin and being called the zombie. But some of them uh, shots that I was landing was uh, definitely flush and had him mm -hmm. wobbled and hurt that many times, but he just kept going. So he definitely lived up to his, uh, to his name. Yeah, Absolutely. lived up to the reputation. Absolutely. Speaking of reputations, though, Man, hell of a job, first of all. I just want to say congratulations. It's so cool to see you really. I just feel like you are still getting better, and it's crazy because I think pound for pound, you're one of the best fighters on the UFC roster. So to be able to actually notice large improvements in your game every fight when you're winning already, is it's scary. Um, but let me ask you, you know, there's there's a couple people in the wings. I mean, would you rather do a trilogy, you know, with with Max Holloway? I know that fight was already supposed to happen. A lot of people are in for it, but you know, we got a good old Henry Cejudo inserting himself into the conversation. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I man. Uh, well, there is a couple of options. You know, there's uh, obviously a few names getting thrown out there, which is always good. Uh, and then we've still got a, the division that, you know, as I said straight after the fight, they need to sort themselves out, get a clear number one, 
we've got the lightweight uh, title on the line uh, soon and you know you can maybe go that double champ status as well you know that's something that a lot of people are, are talking to me about as well so we're definitely we're definitely got options so uh, either one we'll we'll, we'll uh, have a I'll have a chat to the team at UFC we'll find out what fight would be would be best the biggest fight and uh, the smartest fight and uh, we'll make it happen do you do you think that Henry Cejudo should have to fight once at 145, or do you think he, you know, being a double champ 125, 135, would automatically earn the right to leapfrog anybody else? Yeah, I man. Obviously, you know, he's never fought in this division. You know, he's been retired a while, uh, so you know, I think he definitely needs to earn that shot. Just like the what I'm saying to the contenders, earn that number one spot. I still think uh, someone like Henry Cejudo definitely. You know, he obviously, he's done big things in other divisions, but. Not our division. So he needs to prove himself in our division. And, you know, if he does that, which, he, you know, he's talking about getting back in the testing pool, I might have seen maybe. But, um, you know, well, I'll worry about that uh, once he uh, shows that he's uh, really committed to the division. But other than that, you know, I won't take him serious. Guys, we are joined by UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. You have extended your winning streak to 21 consecutive fights. You have not been defeated since May of 2013. Do you think think about that is that something that's like do you even pay attention to stuff like that i don't to be honest i don't uh you know you we're talking about like as you were saying like uh, you know i'm still getting better every you can see yeah. every time i yeah. step in there i'm getting better i'm raising the bar as i was saying all week uh fight week that uh you know that's that's how it is and that that's how i am you know even though i feel like i'm better than these guys I'm just making sure I'm better than the, the last time I stepped in in that cage. And I'm showing that time and time again. And I'm going to keep doing that. You know, I'm, I'm expecting to, to be better the next one. And then uh, just I'm just going to keep that keep that going. And that's why, you know, and I've got that mentality to, and drive to, to keep that happening. I feel like there's guys in our division that uh, don't have that mentality, don't have that drive. You know, that's why they're, they're hoping title shots get given to them. And that's why I know I'll be champion a long time because I'm just going to be in a whole other level. And they just won't keep up. They need to they need to change uh, change their, their their thought process their their drive their, you know their mentality if they want to even compete with me. How frustrating is that for you if you feel that way about the other fighters in your division? Feel like they're not really pulling their weight and are be giving being given these opportunities? I mean, it's it's just it's just frustrating because uh, I'm I'm totally different. You know, I'm I'm just built different. I think different. You know what I mean? So uh, that that's not much. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how uh, these guys uh, can really be like that because I'm just. That's not how I roll. So uh, it is it is quite frustrating. But at the same time, you know, whoever gets that shot and gets that chance, they're just going to be in for, for a rude shot because, uh, yeah, even though I'm champ, I'm still uh, determined to be better. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I ain't uh, getting complacent up the top here. And uh, if they're going to be complacent and want shit given to them, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be in for a long night, you know, once they step in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've been curious, you know, how has your life changed? Um, as you've, you came into the UFC, you're one of five fighters ever in the UFC history to come in, you know, be 11 and 0. Um, I don't know if you, if you knew that, but um, yeah, in UFC history to start with an 11 and 0 record, you're up there with Anderson Silva, Kamaru Usman, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and Hoist Gracie, and you. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a pretty cool accomplishment in itself, but, uh, I know you said you don't really focus too much on that. So I guess, has your life changed a lot since becoming the champion? I mean, do you get noticed when you're walking around outside more? Do you have a little bit more fandom? Do you, are you doing more things outside of the sport or 
Um, yeah, just how has it changed? Yeah, it's definitely changed. Uh, but in, uh, obviously, I, I was champion. Uh, I've been champ through, uh, obviously, a rough time. And so yeah. the last couple of years through lockdowns and all that, especially where we are, were like, you couldn't really get out and about it and show off. Obviously, it was different uh, once you get that belt. But uh, right now, uh, it's definitely different. You know, we're, we're in uh, New York right now just uh, doing a, a tour. So uh, we're going to be New York, L.A. And you can definitely uh, feel the love, you know what I mean? So it's definitely uh, on a whole other level. And, you know, it's it's good. It's good, out to, good to be out and sort of, you know, as I've been saying, uh, fly week, you know, wear that crown, own that crown, and, uh, you know, and, and feel, feel the love at the same time. So it's definitely a change. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it's well-deserved. But, uh, you know, I don't look too much into it, as uh, you were saying. But at the same time, it is, uh, it's good to be appreciated for, for what you've done. Well, I'm glad that you're able to get up to New York, have a little bit of time to yourself, get to enjoy yourself here a little bit. How different do your fights feel when you have your wife there? I know she's, you know, it's hard to get here, obviously, from Australia. How different is that for you? I mean, it's good because, uh, as I said, it's been a it's been a tough time. So for yeah. for all of us, oh everyone, obviously, but uh, you know, so I've been champion. You know, I've got to travel and then do some of these things, and uh, you know, the wife hasn't really had the chance to do that. But I mean, like now she can. This is the first fight she's been able to come for a while, uh, and she's over us doing the the tour with us at the moment. So it's good to you know for her to you know feel it as well. So uh, you know, it, it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, family is everything. I've definitely come to realize that. I mean, when you got that, everything is 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 golden. So, um, the trilogy with Max Holloway. I know you said that there were a couple options for you, and and even if that's not necessarily what's next for you, do you feel like that's something that has to happen before all is said and done? Right? There's always the critics out there. There's everybody, you know, saying, hey, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, he may have won. Um, do you feel like you need to lay that to rest? Is a trilogy important to your legacy before all is said and done? I uh, mean, look, I used to care way too much about that. But again, I'm going to make the decisions, you know, for the right reasons. And that fight, if that trilogy does happen, it's because it's a big fight and people want to see it. And, you know, you're talking pay-per-views and uh, you're talking money. So it makes sense. And uh, that's why I, I believe that fight will happen. Obviously, was scheduled and he got injured. I don't know uh, what's happening on his end, uh, whether he wants it or anything like that. So obviously, we've got to see uh, see, see what's next. Right, right now, we do have time because there's no clean number one contenders. So um, we'll see We'll see what the UFC say. We'll see what he says as well. Uh, but right now, I'll just enjoy this uh, tour. And uh, But again, going back to what you were just saying, I don't have to prove nothing to, to nobody. But uh, at the same time, it's a, it's a big fight. It's what people do want to see, and that's what, that's what uh, means a lot. You know, that's, that has weight to it. Not the fact that I want to prove something to people, which uh, maybe a few months ago I would have had a different answer, but um, that, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, on the personal side of things, uh, like, uh, you know, you're having this time, you, you won your fight, you've got your family with you, you get to be in New York right now. What does your downtime look like? What does the time between your next fight look like for you? What are you going to be doing? What does your trip to New York look like? What do you get up to? He's on a media gauntlet right now. I don't know if he's getting a lot of downtime <laughs> in New York. I know. I remember that. That press tour. Woo. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully you can see a few things and enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, we will. We'll get out. Get out. Obviously, it's gonna be pretty busy, but at the same time, we might go watch a, 
some games and you know and you know be be a fan of some sports and stuff like that. But at the same time, we're going to be keeping busy while we're here. But I don't mind doing it anyway. You know what I mean? Like I said, I haven't really had the chance to really show off the belt because uh, usually after the the fights, I've got to go straight back home and go into quarantine for two weeks mm-hmm. and and do all that type of stuff and get back to the family. But you know, uh, outside of that, once I'm home. You know, obviously spend time. I'm just daddy and, and I'm training. I'm back back in the gym doing doing work and getting better. Like I said, the next time you see me in that cage, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be a level above. And to do that, you know, that's the time you evolve. You know, there's not going to be too much downtime. I'll do what I've got to do here. I'm even going to train while I'm here as soon as my feet and hands heal up, I guess. And um, and that's it. We're right back at it. Alex, are you a cupcake fan? Do you like cupcakes? Yeah, yeah, I love them. I'm a, I'm I mean, I don't just mean of me. Of course, you're a fan of me, but I mean, do you actually like cupcakes? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind cupcakes. <laughs> There's an <laughs> amazing cupcakery, the best I've ever had. It's called Molly's there in New York. If you get a chance, swing by, bring the family because they're, they're pretty phenomenal cupcakes. And uh, if you need any other food recommendations, I mean, New York is, is pretty great. The street halal food, and that's pretty, pretty tasty too. So I hope that you get to reap the rewards of winning another oh great gosh. fight and enjoy some Please. good old-fashioned New York food. Yeah, definitely. We already we already uh, ticked one of the. We got some pizza, New York pizza as well. So we're now at uh, Joe's. I think uh, Joe's pizza. So that will uh, tick that off. So we've got a few more uh, things to tick off the list. But yeah, we're going to enjoy that food while we're here. All right. Before I let you go, what is your stance on pineapple on pizza? Are you pro or con? Man, I don't mind it to be honest. I don't mind it. I yeah, know it's, my uh, guy. Very controversial. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pretty <laughs> mad at me for saying it, but I don't mind a bit of pineapple on a pizza, to be honest. Oh, I love it. I'm with you. My favorite also ingredient. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're super busy right now. Congratulations on your victory over uh, Saturday over Korean Zombie, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.